0: These are stories about the people with impossible problems. (sighs) Samson loved Delilah. Oh, that was really impossible. Romeo and Juliet, oh, impossible. (laughs) But the most impossible of all the stories is impossibly small. The story of Thumbelina.
1: Welcome to the bad princess movie podcast this is the podcast that seeks to catalog all of the terrible movies about princesses and princesses to be i am christy and i am here with my friend and co-host brie hello and today we are taking a look at thumbelina so thumbelina this is a traditionally animated film that was released in 1994 and it was based on the original hans christian Andersen fairy tale uh, Thumbelina was produced by Don Bluth Entertainment, who also brought us the features An American Tale and The Secret of Nim, among others. To quote Roger Ebert, it is difficult to imagine anyone over the age of 12 finding much to enjoy in Thumbelina. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and to be fair, I feel like maybe a lot of my enjoyment of this film does come from nostalgia. Oh, abs- absolutely. Because I was definitely six years old when this film came out, and it—I it, probably watched it around that age, and so I was not over the age of twelve. But mm-hmm. I did love and adore this film then, and there's a there's a big chunk of my heart that still loves it now, even yeah. <laughs> even though it's got some issues.
1: Yeah, and Ugh. and I mean, on that note, um, we are taking a look at Thumbelina specifically because <laughs> Bree requested it. This is this is uh, our way to celebrate Bree's birthday because around the time that this episode is going to be released, it'll be Bree's birthday. Yay! Happy birthday to me. I. I completely (laughs) share your sentiment about this one, Brie. I I too, I watched Thumbelina back in the day on VHS, uh, probably in my grandma's basement, because grandma always had the best movies. Oh, yeah. Her her private collection of VHS tapes that she bought purely for the grandkids, but also would never let us remove from her basement.
0: Well, no, because you always had to have something to do at her place, so she got to keep them there.
1: Yeah, um, but I, I same th- same thing for me, I, Thumbelina is a film that we're gonna have a lot to say on the plot and some of the characters, but at the same time, I love this film. There, there is just a deep love from my childhood
0: for this movie in me, like, watching it now, I'm, I'm there's there's a lot to to uh, be like what the hell but yeah. at the same time it's done so lovingly
1: it's it's genuinely there's just something about it and it's very hard for me to identify and and whether or not it is just nostalgia it's so hard to tell but it's just this film has so many problems and yet i don't care because <laughs> It's just also kind of sweet and charming. Yeah, it's just charming.
0: It's so weird. It's such a strange movie. The structure of this film is bizarre. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, it's just, there's something about it. The songs are, are del- there's, leading up to rewatching this, because I haven't, I don't remember the last time I watched this film but I watched it so much as a kid that there are huge chunks of the songs in this movie that still just live in my brain. So I was just like humming yeah. them to myself all week, even before I had rewatched it. They're, they're just, they're in there.
1: Absolutely. I Same thing for this one. Um, I usually, I end up watching the movies that we profile a few times so that I could do kind of my initial impressions and then also capture and write the summary. This is a film that... It has been years since I've seen it, and yet I basically I didn't need to watch the film to capture yeah. the summary. Like it yeah. just this film just exists in my head. Yeah.
0: Well, there was like there's chunks of it that I had forgotten, but as soon as they appeared, I was like, oh right,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's mm-hmm. it, it's all still there. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I think the best way to describe this film to me, I feel as though it is a younger sibling. Where I may poke fun at it and give it a hard time occasionally, but if I were to ever witness somebody <laughs> genuinely trying to hate on this film, I would, I would you be, defend it. Yeah, I would be right there. Like, how dare you? I'm the only one that's allowed to pick fun, make fun of this. No one picks on Don Bluth's Thumbelina but me. Yeah, yeah! Exactly. <laughs> oh I think I think of all his films for me, this one and Anastasia are for sure the ones that I have the most beloved nostalgia for. Oh yeah,
0: same here. I think this is probably the top one for me from him. Um followed closely by Anastasia. Yeah. But...
1: The, this one is definitely the most childish oh I would yeah say. oh yeah
0: well i think actually wait it's this one probably and all dogs go to heaven for some reason
1: i mean all dogs go to heaven uh, i wouldn't say childish for that one no there's some, this, this there's some s- shit in that
0: no i mean i mean for the ones that live in my head it's this oh, one oh, gotcha. and uh all dogs go to all dogs go to heaven is barely for children
1: Yeah, I was just going to say. Yeah, that one's not
0: a childish one at all. But that is also the one where I get, uh, there's like, there's a song in it sung by the angel dog that gets in my head all the time. Anyway, I digress. This is probably, Thumbelina is probably the most childish one that I can think of
1: from him. This, yeah, this one. It's funny because I don't see this one talked about a lot. No. With there's There's definitely it's fans, but I think Anastasia is the one that people um gravitate to the most, yeah, yeah, that's probably I feel like that's true, and I guess it's I mean Anastasia has its own set of problems, oh yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, I don't know I don't maybe just
0: the thing with this one is that there's not really threat in it
1: at any point like there is, but there's not really yeah. kind of kind of low stakes and I guess it's almost maybe that's part of what contributes to the, the kind of the overall tone of this one. Again, it feels more childish cuz there isn't really there aren't really heavy stakes to it. It almost even when our main character is in peril, you you kind of almost trust that she's going to come out all right.
0: Yeah. And like the peril is someone wants to marry her and
1: that is peril
0: for yeah. certain but it's def it's never like life and death kind of thing
1: yeah it's absolutely it's absolutely a situation that in you know we we have seen in other films that could be life or death and it is a terrible thing but because everything else in this world is so happy smiley it almost becomes like this it like it makes it less threatening because you you kind of mentally know that it's not going to go that far with it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this this strange frog man won't leave you alone. And yes, that in a in a sort of more realistic setting of like a a a man won't leave a woman alone is very threatening and bad. But mm-hmm. this is a kids movie, so it's played for like Ha ha, he's clearly in the wrong. He's a bad guy. He's a bad toad. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. And and again, because the stakes are always, like, the, the stakes are always presented as so low. Yeah. You know that she is not going to be in any danger. Whereas other films, you don't have that guarantee. And that's what makes it scary. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's it's very and like the structure of it i guess we should get into the the light speed play by play of of the plot quickly before we go any farther into the discussion
1: yes that's a good point let's uh l- let's go through the plot of thumbelina for those who may not have ever seen this one before Once upon a time there was a lonely woman who longed to have a child. One day the woman paid a visit to a witch who gave her a barleycorn and told her to plant it in a flower pot. The woman did so and the barleycorn sprouted a beautiful red flower that contained within its bloomed petals a tiny young woman whom she named Thumbelina. Thumbelina is well loved by her mother but she worries she may be the only person her size in the entire world. One night, Thumbelina sings of her longing to the illustrations of a winged fairy prince in a storybook. Unbeknownst to Thumbelina, her singing draws the attention of the real-life fairy prince to her window. The prince, named Cornelius, introduces himself.
0: Thumbelina. Oh, it's a lovely name. Thank you. I'm Cornelius. Cornelius! (laughs) Well, that's a funny name. (laughs) Oh, I, I mean, it's perfect.
1: The two hit it off, and Cornelius takes Thumbelina on a romantic flight through the nearby fields. Afterwards, Cornelius promises to return to Thumbelina's home tomorrow morning and flies off, while Thumbelina goes to sleep. Unfortunately, while they were off on their romantic flight, Thumbelina caught the eye of Mrs. Toad and her son, Grundell. Mrs. Toad sneaks into Thumbelina's home and kidnaps Thumbelina. The next morning, Cornelius arrives, only to find the house in disarray. After hearing what happened, Cornelius races off to try and find the Toad that kidnapped Thumbelina. Back with Thumbelina, we are formally introduced to Mrs. Toad and her family, a group of traveling performers. Mrs. Toad explains to Thumbelina that she kidnapped her because she wants Thumbelina to join their group. Mrs. Toad also reveals her intentions to marry Thumbelina to Grundell, who's fallen in love with her. Mrs. Toad strands Thumbelina on a lily pad, while she goes to collect a priest to perform the ceremony. Thumbelina shouts for help, which catches the attention of a passing swallow named Giacomo. With the help of Giacomo, some fish and some bugs, Thumbelina is safely deposited onto the shoreline. Giacomo volunteers to try and find the Vale of the Fairies for Thumbelina, the mysterious home of the fairies, while Thumbelina goes off on foot to try and find her mother's home. While searching, Giacomo ends up piercing his wing on a thorn, severely impacting his ability to fly. Soon after, Thumbelina is accosted by a lecherous beetle who ends up whisking Thumbelina away so that she could perform at his nightclub, disguised as a female beetle. When a wardrobe malfunction reveals Thumbelina isn't a beetle, the club boos her, and Thumbelina is kicked out.
0: Sorry, twitch I guess you're too ugly.
1: <laughs>
0: Don't worry, you'll get over me.
1: Grundell hears what happened and interrogates the beetle for Thumbelina's current whereabouts. The beetle offers him an idea. Grundell should use Cornelius as bait to trap Thumbelina. Grundell rips off the beetle's wings, telling the beetle that he'll get his wings back after he brings him Cornelius. Cornelius, meanwhile, while searching for Thumbelina, is caught in a winter storm. He falls into an icy pond and ends up frozen in place as the water freezes over. The beetle happens by and begins taking Cornelius, still encased in ice, back to Grundell. With winter fully set in, Thumbelina is rescued by Mrs. Fieldmouse, who brings Thumbelina into her home and tells her that Cornelius was found dead in the snow.
0: That is so sad. What? That he was found stone cold frozen dead in the snow. No. But of course you knew that.
1: No. No. Cornelius? No! so sad. Oh, it's not true! No! Thumbelina cries out, which is overheard by the beetle who is eavesdropping at Mrs. Fieldmouse's chimney. Thumbelina has no time to mourn, however, as Mrs. Fieldmouse insists they go deliver food to Mr. Mole. In return, Mr. Mole shows Thumbelina something he found in one of his tunnels, which turns out to be an unconscious Giacomo, who fell into the mole's hole thanks to his injured wing. While Thumbelina is distracted, Mr. Mole asks Mrs. Fieldmouse to convince Thumbelina to marry him, to which Mrs. Fieldmouse agrees. Just before she and Thumbelina return home, Thumbelina promises to return to tend to Giacomo later that night. Elsewhere, the beetle has returned to Grundell with the still-frozen Cornelius, and reveals that Thumbelina is currently living with Mrs. Fieldmouse underground. Grundell runs off, leaving Cornelius behind. Seizing the opportunity, a few of Thumbelina's new insect friends build a fire and begin thawing Cornelius out. Later that night, Thumbelina visits Giacomo. Thumbelina ends up talking herself into marrying the mole, rationalizing that he can at least take care of her. Overhearing this causes Giacomo to return to life, telling Thumbelina that he will resume his hunt for the Vale of the Fairies. Giacomo flies off before Thumbelina can tell him that Cornelius is presumed dead. The next day, Thumbelina walks down the aisle, preparing to marry the mole. During her walk, she sees and hears visions of Cornelius singing to her. When the time comes for her to say, I do, Thumbelina refuses. Grundel bursts in from the ceiling to claim Thumbelina for himself, but Thumbelina refuses to marry him as well. She races off with the wedding party and Grundell in hot pursuit. Unbeknownst to Thumbelina, Cornelius arrives, having been fully thawed from his ice prison. While Thumbelina runs through the mole's tunnels to freedom, Cornelius and Grandel do get out. Locked in combat, they end up falling into a deep chasm. Thumbelina manages to get outside, and she's greeted by Giacomo, who excitedly tells her that he has found the Vale of the Fairies. Giacomo grabs Thumbelina, and they fly off together to a patch of weeds covered in snow and ice. Giacomo urges Thumbelina to sing, and she does so, which begins to melt the snow and ice.
0: Let's be practical. This isn't the Veil of the
1: Fairies, and Cornelius is never coming back! And I'll never let you fall! You. It's you. Cornelius, you're alive! They kiss, and after they do, two beautiful wings sprout from Thumbelina's back. The Veil of the Fairies is fully dethawed, and wedding bells begin to ring. The film ends with Thumbelina and Cornelius's wedding, which is taking place at Thumbelina's mother's house. Reunited with her true love and her mother, Thumbelina and Cornelius fly off to the night to live out their happily ever after.
0: Au <laughs> revoir! They lived happily ever after.
1: Ah. Ah, so there it is. There's Thumbelita. Ah, oh.
0: yeah. So the structure of this film is very strange because it's just it's just a series of this poor girl getting like abducted. Yeah. And, and getting into these situations where she sort of. Cause she gets spirited away by the toads, and at first she's like, "I gotta get home. Uh, there's my mom and my new boyfriend that I've known for two hours waiting for me." Um, but then they're like, "But you could be a big star," and she's like, "Actually, that sounds pretty cool." Wait, no, 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 never mind, never mind, never mind. Uh, uh. but at first she definitely goes along with it for a, for a bit, and I'm like, "Okay," and then she gets away. And then she meets the beetle, and the beetle's like, Come sing for me at the beetle ball. And she's like, No. And then he's like, Do it. And she's like, Okay. (laughs) Okay, you talked me into it. And
1: then,
0: like, and the last one, when she gets, like, told by Mrs. Fieldmouse to marry the mole, at first she's like, No. (laughs) But then she is like, To be fair to her, she thinks that Cornelius is dead. So she's like, Well,. Might as well, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny because I and I guess this is kind of true to like a lot of stuff in Thumbelina is that I see what they're going for, but the execution leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, yeah, like I do like how you know because she Thumbelina's character she's very sheltered, she is lonely and she's worried about being the only person in in the world and kind of feeling unloved almost even though she has all of this love from her mother and you know the other animals on her mother's farm she's worried about not having somebody who her size who could love her so when she gets thrust into this world of all of these creatures are now my size and she's kind of dealing with these various situations of people coming up to her and schmoozing her like, yeah. "Oh, I can make you I can make you a big star. You're going to be famous. Everybody's going to know your name or you know, even with the beetle like like, "Oh, come sing at my nightclub. Everybody loves you." And she gets on stage and and they do love her when they you know at first when they think she's a beetle. Yeah. And so I do like I like that in theory and how she she kind of gets more than she bargained for almost like her desire to to have more in life and she kind of realizes that it's like it's okay to want more in, in in life but sometimes it's not until you start experiencing these things that you realize okay this isn't actually this isn't what i was looking for exactly yeah but in the movie itself I think Thumbelina has a big issue with how it kind of comes across as like she's flip flopping a lot. Where it's not so much that she is sort of succumbing to these various temptations, albeit temporarily. It's that it's almost like she just gets distracted from. Yeah, it's like she's, goal. she's got
0: a she's got a point and a goal, and then like something happens, and she's like, "Oh, okay." Uh, I'll yeah. I'll dance at the beetle ball. That's fine.
1: Yeah. And, like, like, the whole thing about the beetle ball is, like, she has a scene with the beetle, and he's trying to convince her to sing for him. And she's like, well, hey, um, if you fly me up to the treetop so that I could look around and orient myself, see where my mother's home might be, then I'll sing for you. And... He kind of says, "Nope, too too bad. You got to sing at my my ball before I'll do that for you." And then she just kind of he he kind of absconds with her. And then we get the scene at the ballroom. Um she gets revealed as a human tiny human to the crowd and then they laugh at her and kick her out. And then she is on the treetops. Presumably she could look around. But she just doesn't, and instead she's more focused on... Now she she feels very self-conscious because the Beatles think that she's ugly. Yeah. And then Giacomo, Giacomo cheers her up. And he's like, no, 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 Cornelius must think you're beautiful. And she's like, yeah, you're right. And then the scene ends. Um, We never see how Thumbelina gets down from that tree. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't worry about
0: it. Listen. A lot of things happen in this movie... Because the plot says it needs to. Um, Mm -hmm. Giacomo is seen at the end. Flying with Thumbelina on his back. Yeah. Which means presumably he could have just flown her home at the beginning of the film. And none of this had to happen. So that's sort of just a matter of like. You just kind of have to let let your sense of. disbelief take it away because it's just like Giacomo there's like the scene where she's on the lily pad she's about to go over the waterfall you're like bird you can pick her up but like "Like, you can fly with her just let her on your back and fly her home and then the movie doesn't have to happen but then the movie wouldn't happen so that's not gonna work
1: well, and that's and that's the thing. And and so yeah, we need to we need to we need to talk about this right away, is Giacomo kinda <laughs> like he causes the biggest plot hole in the movie. Yeah. And as you said, we see that he can fly her home, but for some reason He doesn't. After <laughs> No, he doesn't. For some reason, even though, like, th- like they rescue Thumbelina, she's on the shore, and she starts talking about how, oh, it's impossible, I'll never be able to find my home in Cornelius. And he's so fixated on, like, oh, you must follow your heart, da-da-da, and it's like, Giacomo, just fly Thumbelina home. Th- like, this can be solved very quickly.
0: And I feel like it wouldn't be so bad if they didn't show him giving her a ride on the way home or on the way to the Vale of the fairies at the very end of the film. Cause then it's like, okay, if you had never seen, then you could just say, maybe he can't fly with her on his back. Maybe that's just not a thing he can do. Yeah. But then he does. And you're
1: like, Giacomo, (laughs) Giacomo. Yeah. It's just, it's so confusing. I like, I don't know if the intention was that, He was- like, if he was just so fixated on the idea of finding the veil of the fairies, that it was like, that's- like, no, 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 this is my highest priority. This is- this must be done right away. Thumbelina, you gotta- you gotta figure out your own way home, because I gotta reunite you with your beloved.
0: Yeah. Like, it's like, you know what would help that, Giacomo? If she was home and safe, and you could just go find the prince and bring him to her.
1: Yeah, just- like take her home and then she's just a tiny little human
0: yeah she's we don't even know how old she is at this point she was she came out of that flower a 16 year old girl how how many days old is she Yeah, she doesn't know shit about shit no You're just letting her wander like i'll follow your heart it's all good but like also
1: you can do that from your home <laughs> sometimes yeah I, I don't know if, like, because he, like, the song Follow Your Heart, I don't know if it was meant to be this thing about, um, you know, take charge of yourself and do shit for yourself. I'd if probably. that's what the message was.
0: Maybe he it was supposed to be him being like, oh, she'll just find her way home and it'll be super easy and simple. And she'll just, like, she just needs to do this to build up her confidence because that will lead her to believe that, like, it, it, she should follow her heart and nothing's impossible and she can do it for herself but as soon as he found her at the top of that tree after getting like, kidnapped. By a, like kidnapped and then yelled at by a bunch of bugs yeah like he should have been like oh okay you know what else is not impossible me flying you home
1: <laughs> yeah it's like alright I gave you a shot that you know fool me once you know fool me twice kind of thing yeah it, it's it's especially egregious because after they sing, she basically immediately gets kidnapped by the beetle. Yeah, it's she he flies off, she walks away, and then
0: like thirty seconds later in film time, she is she is then grabbed by a beetle and and kidnapped again.
1: This this whole thing with Giacomo, um, the thing is, is that we can kind of. It, this whole thing has its roots in the original story of Thumbelina. In that version, in the original version, the swallow only appears at the end. Instead, Thumbelina is rescued from the toads by a combination of a butterfly helps her out and then some fish. So I guess in in an attempt to streamline the plot, they decided to give that role to Giacomo And they just never really bothered to address the massive plot hole that it created.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, to be fair, I don't remember that bothering me as a child. Like, I don't think I ever caught that when I was six years old and watching this. So, I mean, fair enough.
1: Yeah. But also... You know, that's that's true, too, because I don't think I remember having any issues with it as well it's i guess it's only like once you start getting older and you're a little less willing to suspend your disbelief that that's when yeah. this film starts to fall apart a bit
0: yeah which i guess is what they were talk. what what, what was being talked about when it's like there's nothing for you if you're over 12 it's like once you've developed that su- suspension of disbelief
1: yeah it's, filled, it's gone apart. yeah
0: yeah so you got to have your nostalgia for it set in place. Yeah,
1: by that point. <laughs> you you know what I was thinking? Here here's my my proposed solution to this is since the passage of time is so the attempt so, so it, nebulous. It it is, but let's 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 say for the sake of argument that it's portrayed a lot better uh in this <laughs> film. I'm sure we'll talk about it more at length momentarily, but Um, why not have Giacomo appear as a baby swallow at first, so he can help Thumbelina get off the lily pad, but he's too small to fly her around, and at the end of the film, when they're reunited, you know, since time has passed, now he's big enough to fly her home. Yeah. Something like that. That would have been good. Because, like...
0: Yeah. Because the whole thing in this film is, like, fall... Winter and spring happen within this (laughs) passage of, like, four days. Three days, four days. It's kind of wild. And, like, I wish winter was only that long, but also, (laughs) what the heck's going on?
1: Yeah, it...
0: The first time Cornelius meets her, they're all, like, his parents are all doing the thing where they're making the leaves gold for the fall, Mm
1: -hmm. and then
0: that night, he goes back to them and is like... I've met the girl of my dreams, hold off the winter frost, I need to go save her. And they're like, winter frost is like in a day. And yeah, it's like...
1: Specifically, they say that they could only hold it off by a day. Yeah. And then as we see through the events of the movie it goes uh like we see the frost and then it's winter and then by the end of the film uh it seems to be that spring is ushered in when when Thumbelina dethaws the veil of the fairies it's springtime now yeah so winter was a day to two days long that's it <laughs> yeah that's that's <laughs> what it feels like and damn and it's awkward because like i i rationally i know that I'm sure the intention is that months should be passing. That this is supposed to be she's gone for an extended period of time. But how... It just doesn't feel like that in the movie. Like you said, it feels like this happened in in maybe four days to a week at most. Yeah. It's...
0: It's a little weird. Yeah. Like, this poor girl had the worst (laughs) four days of her, what, months-long life? however old yeah. she is at this oh point my god it's like this this woman goes to a witch is like i would really like a child and it's like here plant this barley corn from mm. it will spring a fully grown 16 year old girl that's your daughter now congratulations
1: and the thumbliness mom was like oh sweet well that seems pretty cool i could skip out and all that you know Hard stuff of trying to raise a tiny human, and then <laughs> that flower opens up, and she goes, "Oh fuck, <laughs> the damn witch screwed me." Uh,
0: that's what she went. She asked the witch for. She was like, "I would really love a tiny human to raise myself." And the witch is like,
1: "Yeah," <laughs> <laughs> which is yeah. She's just one of, one of those like <laughs> those wishes witches that she's like, "Oh, you better watch how you word shit because want- I'm gonna." It's gonna be literal. New monkey's paw. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh-huh. <laughs> God. I I wonder, did the witch like steal a fairy baby? Is that just how fairy babies are born in this universe? I don't know, because
0: we never see any fairy children.
1: No, and like Thumbelina gets the wings at the end of the film, which I don't know if that's meant to be she was a fairy all along. I just or she didn't
0: have wings? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think there's an answer for us here.
1: <laughs> no. This is this might be a a good point to note that according to IMDb, um Don Bluth admitted in an interview that the script was one of the film's shortcomings. They had hired a screenwriter to draft a script that was rewritten over and over for nearly a year that ended up getting rejected and due to a crunch in the schedule bluth had to have a new script rewritten by himself in two weeks Oof. i i've also seen and some people report that it was only one week so one to two weeks um yeah that's rough so there's definitely, so it's not just us, I guess is, is maybe a good thing to note. Like, uh, people have acknowledged, even the creator of this film has acknowledged that, yeah, you know what? This is not the tightest script that has it, ever been made.
0: Yeah, And like, that's, that's fair. Mm-hmm. I still, despite all its weirdness, I still kind of love it. Despite all the the various points at which I'm like, what wait, hang on. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, it
1: still works. For me. For me. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's there's a lot like a lot of my notes for this one, um, honestly, most of them are me going, you know what, I like this part. Fuck it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I don't I don't get this beetle ball thing, but this this song is catchy. Is yeah. this Gilbert Gottfried singing? I, oh, don't yes, know. it is.
1: Is it? Oh, yes, yes it is. Beautiful, you're a beautiful, baby. <laughs> oh, the songs oh, in this one—they're the so are so good. much. Oh, let let me be your wings. Yes, is, like the most over the top love song oh. in all of animation history. I'm gonna go off on that 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 <laughs> limb there. Damn, it is like so over the top. But holy shit, it's fucking wonderful. Oh my god, I sang along to it when it was in the movie. I did I was too. sitting here, alone in my apartment, watching
0: Thumbelina, I was like, Let me be your wings. <laughs> Let
1: me be your Lina.
0: Everything we dream really
1: love will so be <laughs> I I watched this film, and I was singing that to myself in the shower for oh, like the next five days.
0: Amazing. He's, like, flying her around on his giant, fluffy bumblebee mount that I had forgotten (laughs) about Busby, the bumblebee who's just so fluffy and good.
1: I love that bee. Uh, It's so cute. It's so awesome. I just love the idea of... Because Cornelius has his own set of wings. He could fly where he wants to. But he has decided... I want to ride this bumblebee like a motorcycle. Fuck yeah. It's so good. It, I love it so much. I love buzz
0: I want a big fluffy bumblebee that I can fly around on. It's
1: so <laughs> cute. So adorable. Oh. oh, but the song, they just it is jam-packed with just these visual like it's it's so funny the song to Oh yeah. Because every every metaphor that they talk about in the song, they'd visually represent on screen. Oh, and that's yeah. where it almost feels over the top because it's like I I you know, I'm all for having those fun little visual things that go along with a song. Um you, like I think that's the way to do it. Like it's just kind of a fun little tie in between the music and the melody and then what you're seeing in the scene this film goes so over the top with it. It's fantastic. Like, it almost feels like like, it's okay, Dawn. Like, you can leave. You don't have to have a visual metaphor no. for every single line of the song. When, when he says, we'll
0: see the universe and dance on Saturn's rings, that pumpkin is gonna raise up in the air, and they're gonna fly yeah. around it and leave a little sparkle trail like it's Saturn.
1: Yeah. Get it? Get it? Because he, he said it. <laughs> I love it. And I love it. <laughs> oh, so wonderful. Oh, it's so good. I, I to go off on some of the other songs here. Um, I gotta mention "Mary the Mole" because <laughs> this song. Um, I, I need. I just need to say something controversial yet brave. I don't think "Mary the Mole" is that bad of a song. <laughs> I don't I don't get how could you say something so controversial thank you
0: (laughs) and yet so brave
1: thank you thank you um I'm not sure if
0: I agree oh come on I I do like I love it but it is bad like I like it I love it but it's it's kind of (laughs) awful
1: it's definitely it's not my favorite song of the film but i don't know it's just kind of charming in a dumb way like it's just it's an upbeat song about how love sucks and you should just marry for money <laughs> like that's great <laughs> i know it, it is great i love it but it is it's kind of
0: it's not the strongest song in the film,
1: you know? And, C- and Carol Channing just has a fun-sounding oh, voice.
0: She's having a great time. You can tell Mrs. Fieldmouse wants that mold D, and by D I do mean dollars. Uh, by D I mean dollars and diamonds.
1: How dare you? How dare you? God damn you. Uh this is true though she but you know what i do love like she because she does she she very clearly wants the mole yeah um no she wants the mole's money (laughs) yeah it's like so whatever whatever way she could get it you know whether it's it's like i would prefer to marry you myself but also if you're just gonna give me money to get you married to somebody else all right I'll, i'll settle for that sure Yeah. Why do these little rodents need
0: money anyway? But whatever I guess.
1: (laughs) Well and you know that's the thing is that it was like (laughs) human sized money. That he has like a treasure hoard. He has like a treasure hoard and it's like
0: all these jewels and necklaces and opulence. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's like why do you need this? These animals for whatever reason bought into the capitalism. Human currency. (laughs) I don't know. It's very mysterious. I should, be- before we, we move on too far from Mary the Mole, I should note that this song won a Golden Raspberry Award, also oh. known as a Razzie, for Worst Original original Song. Oh my god. Yeah, I believe that. I just, I don't get it.
0: It's Terry
1: Mary Dary the, the mole. mole, Romeo and Juliet, we're very, very much dead. in love. <laughs> they were wed. They honored every vow, and where are they now? They're dead, <laughs> dead, very, uh, very dead. Uh, and that's incredible. that's a great part because oh. Thumbelina is happily bopping along to this. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> like she does. I feel like if you if you sing a song at Thumbelina, she's in. Oh yeah. I think that's, I think that's the thing of the film, is that, like, if you put something to her
1: in the form of a song, all right, yeah, (laughs) she's in. That is, that is absolutely it, because there's so often that Thumbelina is, is, like, she's grumpy about something, like, even with Giacomo's song, how he starts, like, singing about how you have to follow your heart, Thumbelina's giving these, like, exaggerated, like, no, like, you're, you're full of shit, Giacomo, like, not, you know, like, that kind of attitude. Like, yeah. I'm not listening to you. Um, yeah. But then the longer the song goes on, she just gets into it and starts singing and dancing along. Doesn't matter if it's just about, um, following your heart, um, when I could be giving you a ride home. You gotta find that shit out for yourself. <laughs> or it's, hey, your, your beloved is dead. Why don't you marry this terrible, rich mole man until, you know, why not? Just do it. <laughs> just... Deary marry the mole. Yeah. Just just marry him. And then she, and Thumbelina again, she's like, "No, no, I'm resisting." But then the urge to dance just takes over.
0: The song gets into her heart and she cannot deny mm. it.
1: Yeah. Oh. I just I love Mrs. Fieldmouse so much. Oh, she's great. She is savage and I love her. Oh,
0: yeah. Blade. Oh my God! Just the way that Thumbelina finds out that everyone thinks Cornelius is dead is she's just like, "Oh, it's so sad you were you were engaged to him, man. It, it's so sad that they found him stone cold frozen dead in the snow." But you know that, yeah. right?
1: And she, Thumbelina's like, Ugh. "Yeah." Thumbelina starts like freaking out as you know, as you would expect. Yeah. And then Mrs. Fieldmouse is just like, "Oh, sorry. You know. Oh,
0: my bad." Yeah. Whoops. Sometimes
1: I just blurt shit out from time to time. So, like, Mrs. Fieldmouse, come on. And what's what's even better is that Thumbelina like she's crying, she's like grieving for for Cornelius. And then Mrs. Fieldmouse is like, "All right. Well, we got to go deliver food to Mr. Mole now. So, let's go." Yeah. And, <laughs> And Thumbelina is even like, I don't feel like going. And Mrs. Fieldmouse starts on with the fucking guilt trip. Yeah, she like
0: guilt trips her. She's like, I rescued you from freezing to death, but I guess you don't feel like it. <laughs> it's just like, damn.
1: Cornelius was the only
0: one. Now, put this on. We'll take these corn cakes to Mr. Mole. He lives just down the tunnel. I'd rather not. Oh. I saved your life this very day and you'd rather not?
1: (sighs) Very well. Bitch, you just... You just told her that her, like, basically her fiancé just died. Yeah. Thumbelina even mentions that, that, like, he was probably, he probably died trying to find her. Exactly. Like, she's like, he was trying to find me and he died. Yeah.
0: And then, like, Two hours later, dearie, marry the mole. Fuck there, that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I love it so much.
0: I'm just,
1: <sighs>
0: damn, Mrs. Fieldmouse. I do like though, and this mm. is skipping ahead just a tiny bit, just just briefly. But like when you're watching the credits, they have little illustrations, yes. um, of just... the different characters, and one of them is definitely Mrs. Fieldmouse getting married to the mole, and you're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: she did it! Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love I'm so glad that they put it. It's just, yeah, like you oh. said, it's just a little illustration that it's just kind of as epilogue for some of the characters. Yeah. M- Mrs. Fieldmouse finally marries the mole, oh. and then we see Grandel, Uh He survived the fall with Cornelius. He has a broken leg, but he's also fallen in love with a, a, a lady toad. Yeah. And then the Beatles is just that he gets his wings back.
0: which is it's so wild that that grindel like just tears his wings off
1: yeah like
0: like they're a cloak he can wear and he's like hey i need those you're like
1: he that's a part of your body isn't it no yeah like he tears them off and he's like you'll get these back when i get cordelius like what i don't is that how it works i don't think that's how it works you just like just like glue them back on I guess. I guess that's how it works. It's in Thumbelina world.
0: Suspend your disbelief. It's fine. Yeah. I feel like I didn't take enough notes for this one just because I was so entranced and delighted.
1: <laughs> oh no. <laughs> do do you wanna do you wanna talk about Cornelius for a little bit? Yes, of course I do. He. He, if I had to pick my favorite Don Bluth boy, it would absolutely be Cornelius. Really, he's just kind of dorky, and yeah. he's like, he he's kind of cool, but he's also slightly awkward. Yeah, and he's he's like, he's just a a cute little little
0: prince. You're like, yeah, because like when he comes back in the morning and he's all excited to see. Thumbelina again. He's carrying like an armload of gifts and then like hops off of Busby and drops them all and he's like It's like this is just cute.
1: Yeah. Even even before that, after they get back from their their magical flight, um like they land on Thumbelina's windowsill and he is like he is so excited about being in love. Like he tells Thumbelina yeah. that he's never felt this way before. Oh, Thumbelina. Oh, wow. Something, I don't know, something happened to me
0: tonight. Something, something I never want to forget. Me too.
1: Do not forget me. -me
0: Forget-me-nots.
1: Oh, I'll never forget you. Never. And it feels so genuine and it's just so sweet that he is so excited about... Being in love with her and he's not afraid to show it, and it's just, just so adorable. It's very cute. He's just and just and, he's just a good kid. Yeah, like you, he is out there every day, searching every minute for Thumbelina, and and like we kind of poke fun earlier, like they've known each other for like two hours.
0: Yeah, this is it's, this is an extremely love at first sight movie, which yeah. you know. Again, suspend your disbelief.
1: Yeah. It is, it's, it's funny to think about that, that he is going all of, you know, he's expending all of this effort for somebody he's only known for, like, that amount of time. But at the same time, like, I kind of love him for it. Like, he goes above and beyond to try and find her.
0: Yeah. Like, it's just, it's very cute. Mm Hmm. He's, he's a good egg yeah i you know i'm trying to think of of the other don bluth boys and and yeah he's just he's just the goodest little one yeah
1: because like i kind
0: of <laughs> there's like dimitri and mm-hmm. uh what's his face from titan ae
1: yeah oh god on that note the back of the dvd that i have of uh-huh um like, it does that, you know, like, from Don Bluth, the director of such features as, uh, and they had, they had on there, uh, I think it was The Land Before Time, but more importantly, they had Titan AE. Wow. Like, like, that's like, really? <laughs> People really know him for that one? Really? I forgot like, that that
0: existed until about an hour ago.
1: Yeah, you want to bring up Titan A.E.? And, like, the DVD was released in, in uh, I think it was 2007, if I remember, on the back of it. Because I looked, huh. I was like, when the fuck was this released? Why wouldn't you put Anastasia?
0: Maybe Titan, was that around, was Titan A.E. the more recent? It's, that's the
1: most recent one, isn't it? Or was Anastasia the most recent one? Uh, um, If I remember correctly, Anastasia was first. Because uh, that was his first, the first movie that he did with, um... Because he started working with Fox, um, their animation division. Okay. And then T- Titan AE, I believe, was the second one. The second and last um, that he did for Fox Animation Studios. Ugh. For yeah, reasons. so maybe
0: that's because it was the most recent one. And that's not to say... that's. I literally haven't watched Titan A.E. I own it on DVD. It's somewhere around here. But I probably haven't watched it in like a decade. So that's yeah. not to bash on Titan A.E. It's just, I think, not one that most people have seen.
1: Well, that's, that's the thing. Like when you, if you're somebody that you're interested in Thumbelina and you look on the back of that DVD case, like, you know, it, it's just like a weird, like, that's an odd choice. Yeah. like It's a very strange and- choice. Anastasia is, like, the one that is kind of close- like, if you like Thumbelina, you will probably like Anastasia. Yeah. I- I don't know how many people would like- who like Thumbelina would also like Titan AE.
0: <laughs> not a lot of overlap in that Venn diagram.
1: I mean, no. there's-
0: there's definitely some overlap, but not a lot. <laughs> yeah, no... But yeah, no, these are just a couple of good sixteen year olds or sixteen and however long Thumbelina's been around, we don't know. Yeah. She she came yeah. out of the flower at sixteen years old, so Yeah. Shrug. That was really A shrug, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh god. I, again, we, we kind of talked about this earlier, I, I do like Thumbelina, and I do see what they were going for with her character, with her, again, being this naive woman who she's thrown into the big world. I I kind of wish that they had, they had shown that she loses some of that naivety, and I, I think they try for it, but I guess the ending leaves me questioning whether or not she actually learns something.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think the pivotal scene is when she's about to marry Mr. Mole, and then she's just like, actually, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah. Fuck this. And then she runs away. I feel like that's that's where the pivotal moment is, is that she's, like, literally at the altar and just realizes that, like, she doesn't love this this mole man, and Ooh. she's gotta go. Yeah. Like, f- and then- fuck marrying him. Absolutely not. Yeah. I'm out of here.
1: And then Grundell bursts in and she's like, fuck you too. I don't want to marry you either. Yeah. And I'm peacing out. Like, I
0: don't think she she doesn't learn that things are impossible, like, impossible is possible if you follow your heart. She just learns that she should follow her heart in in the cases of, like, big life decisions. And even if, yeah. like, following her heart isn't marrying the man she loves, if it's just not marrying the man she doesn't love, maybe that's the thing she learns. Which, yeah, you know, I'll get it. I, I get it. Like, she's still sad. She still wants to go home. She still thinks Cornelius is dead. But at least she's not, well, I give up. And I'll just yeah. do what I don't want to do just because it's here and i'm here and that's what's happening to me right now
1: you you know and that's that's an interesting point to bring up is that when like her agreeing to marry the mole also is basically her saying like i'm never going to get home again so i guess i just need to try and find somebody who could at least take care of me
0: yeah and then yeah and then she she escapes
1: she gets out back into the sun and she's like, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the s- the sun is great. Yeah. To which I disagree with, but, you know, to each their I'm own.
0: Wi- I'm with you, Thumbelina. Fuck yeah, the sun.
1: I don't like the feeling of sunlight on my skin. It's no. uncomfortable. It just feels weird.
0: I like it. It's nice. I, it's it's I nice like, I... and warm and bright and shiny. Once there was the sun. <laughs> That's me. I'm Thumbelina now.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. You. I guess you shrunk since the last time I saw you. It's. I have
0: to use a voice modulator on my recording software now to not sound like I'm <laughs> two inches tall.
1: This, this, yeah, we have. We have to like pitch it down so that you don't sound. S- <laughs> yeah. There, yeah. There's your. There's your normal voice unmodulated. And we're here
0: talking about Thumbelina. What? <laughs> Sorry, I'm out. I'm sorry.
1: I'm a bit too far. Next bit. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> oh God. I am. I think. Like I. I kind of like the end of the film, and this is where I. I kind of wonder whether Thumbelina learned something or not, because where Giacomo takes her to the the bramble patch, where he he says the veil of the fairies is. Um, the, where he takes her to the weed patch where he says the Veil of the Fairies is. And she starts singing, and eventually she's just like, Giacomo, this is pointless. Like, Cornelius is dead. You can't just, like, you, you know, like you can't do impossible things. Like, stop this. Like, I, I don't want to deal with this. And then Cornelius arrives, and I almost feel like by Cornelius arriving, it kind of stops her... In her tracks, and like she was beginning to lose that i her idealistic nature, and then Cornelius arriving, it's kind of like actually impossible things are are possible if you follow your heart and 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 listen to the swallow next time.
0: <laughs> listen to this, this little French swallow,
1: mm-hmm. who looks like a harlequin for some reason. Oh. Yeah. which is like a a weird design choice that i i'm both confused by but i also kind of love
0: yeah i i also love there's like the chickens at the beginning of the film also have like marie antoinette hair Mm
1: -hmm. and it's
0: like hey this is in paris (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) hey it's french you're like oh okay it's anyway. You know, it's funny, I kind <laughs> of forgot about that until watching the film this last time, but they, like, explicitly show that it is- they explicitly show and say that it is in Paris. Like, so Sambalina lives just outside of the city, I guess. I guess.
0: She's, like, in the French countryside near Paris, because, like, Giacomo shows- there's, like, once upon a time in Paris, and then Giacomo flies through the early CG empty streets of, of Paris- <laughs> yeah
1: yeah.
0: until it goes it's like for one scene and i know why they did it because they wanted to have the cool panning tracking shot through through the the place and they cg here and there throughout the the film for for that sort of thing i was like that's Mm -hmm. fine but it is strange because the streets are empty the paris is empty
1: yeah it's kind of spooky Like, unintentionally, like, stuff like that is unintentionally unnerving because it just feels like, where is everybody? Where? Why is this? Oh, no. Why is the city abandoned? Oh, God. What happened in Paris? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) This. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, was this was this set after the Hunchback of Notre Dame where, like, everything was covered with molten lead that was poured from the bell tower? (laughs) You do see Notre Dame in the background, so You do, and that was like when because before you see the little thing come up says like that said that they were in Paris, I saw that and I was like, Is that Notre Dame? And then it came up and I was like, oh okay. And it was. Oh. But yeah, there's so there's little touches like that throughout the film. Yeah, that just that just again, it's like a weird design choice, but I kind of love it. You know what? And same same with Mrs. Toad, she she kind of has the big bouffant hair and for some reason um, visible breasts. She does. Uh, she's based on her voice actress. Yes, Charo. Charo. Yeah.
0: Which is yeah. I think it's a strange choice, but it's fantastic.
1: Charo has she's like Carol Channing in that she has a very unique voice, and so yeah, the, I like I don't think Charo has been in many animated shows i know no. i've seen her in a few things here and there and i kind of just i i still i love her like it's it's a yeah. fun voice and she puts a lot of herself into her voice yeah
0: yeah. know it's yeah. very fun it's just <laughs> this strange sexy frog with the big bouffant hair
1: yeah and again it's just i love it like i don't care i know it's weird that a frog has has mammalian boobs although maybe she just stuffs her chest i mean maybe huh who knows so this is this this is a society of insects and animals who they have human currency and they value human wealth and also maybe human beauty standards Uh, except for the beetles except for the beetles don't look like a human if you want
0: to get in with the insect squad, now it's just weird. Yeah. They don't even have bones inside. Like, no. they, they don't- They it's not gonna
1: work. Which, that was- that was the part that confused me, even as a kid, that the- the beetle had the hots for Thumbelina at first, but then everybody else said- well, I guess it kind of makes sense saying it out loud. He- he had the hots for her at first- and then every all of his friends said that she was ugly so then he decides actually i agree you're ugly get out of here yeah what yeah he got like he got like Aww. peer pressured when everybody was was telling him his girlfriend was ugly
0: yeah well he's also a a gross jerk so oh, yeah. that yeah. makes sense with his i i went aw because i thought for a moment i forgot that he was terrible <laughs> i forgot terrible. that he was just awful
1: <laughs> god you kind of feel bad for him when he gets his wings ripped off but uh, then he's no no you no,
0: because it's it's implied immediately that he could just put those back on so fuck oh, that's that guy
1: true. i guess it's not
0: a big deal yeah i guess again it's that low stakes thing he's like, like he's just super gross he yeah. like is kissing all over this 16-year-old he finds in the woods, kidnaps her, forces her into a dress, makes her perform on stage. And then when everyone's like, she's ugly, he's like, yeah, you're ugly, actually. Fuck you. And
1: you're like, he's oh. ugly and, and he slaps her ass with a cane on oh, stage. Oh, he does. Yeah, it's. They do it kind of off screen. So you don't like see the impact, but it's pretty clear what happened there. God. Sorry,
0: no. Hang on. I was just confused. I was thinking of something else because I'm watching that scene on the screen. Mm-hmm. Right now, all the bugs have titties
1: too. <gasps> oh no, Discovery. All the ladybugs I about have that.
0: Not the ladybugs, but the ladybugs have titties. So
1: oh. I guess that's I guess. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, how else do you know- how else do you know that they're female bugs? I guess. couldn't could design it any other way. They gotta have little- little beetle- beetle boobies. Yeah. God. Are they- is it- I don't know if I'll keep this. Are they, like- is it, like, exoskeleton? Like, you know how, like- <laughs> Like- Or is it just, is it, could they also just possibly be stuffing their, their, their dresses? No, there's some
0: cleavage on some of these bugs.
1: Oh, dang. Some
0: of these, some of these bugs have actual, actual little boobs. Okay. Hmm. Also, you do see her smack his, see him smack her ass on screen. It just happens. It sort of cuts, it cuts on the smack, but he definitely smacks her ass.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, you don't, like, you see him wind up and go for it, and then if I remember right, it kind of, like, cuts to, like, more of a mid-shot of her from, like, the waist up. Oh, you see, you
0: see the hit. It's just, like, a few frames after that that it cuts to the close-up. Oh, okay. Also, what's up with the, the little kid bugs who look like they're from a Max Fleischer cartoon?
1: Yeah, like, they're kind of... Like, all of the bugs, well, okay, not, I, I don't remember the ones in the beetle ball looking too weird, but definitely the friendly bugs yeah. that Thumbelina meets with, like, yeah, they just look like they're from a different movie. They're like you said, they like look, from a Fleischer.
0: Yeah, they look like they're from a Fleischer cartoon. Yeah. Like, the one, the one I always think of is the Spider Hotel. I think that was an Ub Iwerks. Was that?
1: I think so. Oh,
0: like... I could be re- I don't know. My animation history is all gone. The Cobweb Hotel.
1: Yes, that's what it is. That I I kind of remember that one cuz it it fucking scared me. Yeah, it was yes. terrifying.
0: I didn't like yeah. watching it as a child. No, that's Oh,
1: Okay, yeah, you're right. You know what? Oh, you know what what is what it was? I was thinking of um cuz Up Iwerks did another one that scared the shit out of me. Um <laughs> I think it was like something like balloon, balloon land. Oh yeah, and because it was the 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 pin the pincushion man, pincushion oh, man was fucking scary. God, yep, you're right, you are correct. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay, but yes, yeah, yeah. so no, the 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 cobweb hotel. For anybody, if you're not super familiar with the um, uh, like old animation. Um it's kind of from like the rubber hose era of animation Ugh. where everybody's like all tubes and like kind of simple shapes. Um yeah. And it's, they
0: just It's just distressing. It's just a distressing watch. It's I think it's all on I think it's on YouTube. You can watch it if you want. I don't mm. recommend it cuz it's creepy, but it is animation history. So there you go. It's also got that old style of soundtrack that is just unnerving.
1: Yeah, it just adds to the creepiness, because it's yeah. kind of, like, you, you can hear the age in it. Yeah. Oh, spooky. Yeah, it's go, here's your yeah. homework for everybody watching this. Go watch the Kaka <laughs> Hotel, and then go watch or Balloon don't. Land. Or and, don't. No, do it. No, do don't. it. Or don't. Do it, and report back on which is scarier. Mm, or don't. Pincushion Man, I'm telling you. Ugh. But yeah, it's- well, to to get back to Thumbelina, the- like, the bugs- because Thumbelina and Cornelius, like, they're very much the- realistically- like, they kind of have some stylization to them, but for the most part, they are pretty realistic-looking humans. Yeah. So when the bugs are right beside her, it is just kind of weird. It's just very disjointed,
0: strange. Like- yeah, I feel like everything works pretty well until you get to the bugs, and they just mm-hmm. don't. Yeah, they don't work as well. Yeah, can we can we briefly talk about how there's, it's the scene where Giacomo gets the thorn in his wing. He's like chasing after a rabbit who's being chased by a fox, mm-hmm. and I'm so, so there's this thing with Bluth films that if you notice it, you can't unnotice it. And it's animal mouths. He really likes them. They're in a lot of his films. Mm-hmm. You you get the the big mouth with the sharp teeth and the tongue action in there. It happens a lot, um, because a lot of his films have animals, and you you see in their mouths. And I was like, well, there's not any of that in Thumbelina, is there? <laughs> <laughs> no, it it doesn't have the do it doesn't have the Don Bluth mouth thing.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I had forgotten about the scene with the rabbit and the fox wherein Giacomo is talking to the rabbit and she's like I don't I don't know where the fairies are go ask the fox and so he flies back and he's like grabbing onto the fox's face and then the fox like opens his mouth and Giacomo's it's like a scene from inside the mouth Like, uh, like the camera's at the fox's throat and you see Giacomo in the mouth and he gets like slapped by the tongue and I'm like Oh no, this does have the Don Bluth mouth thing going They <laughs> had
1: to sneak one little scene in there. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's I like the I always think of like he a lot of his characters have like a really big lower lip. And it's yeah. I think it's because they like really pushing those lip shapes. Yeah. Which is I mean it's not a it's
0: just a design thing. But there's always some kind of scene with some someone in a mouth or a mm. close-up of a mouth you're like sir yeah.
1: <laughs> and it sir? just and it feels like it just stands out a lot in this film because it it almost like because that scene like really doesn't need to happen no it just kind of
0: comes out of nowhere he could have just like jacobo could have gotten blown off course by the wind and and got thrown in because the he he gets tongue slapped into the thorns and that's how he gets God. the thorn in his way <laughs>
1: He could have just gotten uh,
0: blown by the wind or something but that
1: that's the scene if i remember right that that immediately follows um thumbelina and the beetle and giacomo consoling her that don't worry cornelius loves you he thinks you're beautiful yeah and then the next scene is is him interacting with the fox and and the rabbit so it's it's a weird thing too because You are not the main character, Giacomo. Why why aren't we seeing what's happening with Thumbelina? Why are we taking time out of our busy day (laughs) to see what nonsense you're up to? (laughs) Instead, we just sort of cut away.
0: And I mean, that's not... There's like a lot of... There is a lot of jumping around in this movie. Because you jump Mm -hmm. between... There's Cornelius. There's the beetle and the frog. Or the toad. Uh, There's Giacomo. There's Thumbelina. Mm sometimes you go back to her mom's house for a little bit there's a lot of of jumping about in this film yeah yeah which it's just structurally very strange it's a very strangely (laughs) structured film
1: but yeah yeah this is another film that it almost it it almost sounds better by the summary because the summary is like cutting out some of the back and forth
0: yeah because like He's he's there with Thumbelina on the on the tree branch and then su- for some reason allows her to keep going. This is the point at which I'm like, okay, you let her have a chance to follow her heart and do impossible things. Help her. Giacomo. Yeah. Giacomo, Come she's I. going to die. Giacomo. Instead, he just leaves. And it's like, what? <sighs> <laughs> but you go from that to him with the fox and the rabbit and then you cut from them to the toad and the beetle and then you cut back to Giacomo talking to a bear and then winter sets oh, I in Oh what
1: about the bear? And
0: I think you'd cut back to the beetle uh finding Cornelius uh, and then you, you they they take Cornelius and then you finally cut back to Thumbelina. Yeah. And she's just like cold in the snow now because it's yeah.
1: That oh god you 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 know what thinking about it you as you pointed out so Cornelius gets frozen in the water and then like immediately after the beetle comes by and just so happens to discover him yeah and then you see them taking Cornelius's frozen body in the ice cube and they go past the boot that Thumbelina. Uh, like two seconds later, then goes to try and take shelter in,
0: yeah, so she like misses him by a hair,
1: yeah, and it's all and... like very convenient, oh timing. yeah I mean that's that is
0: what it is, that's a movie. Mm.
1: you're not gonna yeah. have them
0: not find Cornelius immediately,
1: yeah, but
0: <laughs> it's and I wondered upon this rewatch. If uh, if the beetle had f- had told Mrs. Fieldmouse something, but I guess he didn't, because like they they go past the boot and then Thumbelina finds the boot, takes shelter in the boot, um, and it is assumed that shortly thereafter Mrs. Fieldmouse finds her, and already at that point knows. So, like, she knows who Thumbelina is, knows that she was in- engaged to the prince, knows that the prince is, air quotes, dead. And I was, and the beetle just happens to be on her roof, eavesdropping. And I'm like, did. Did he
1: tell her to tell her this? Well, yeah, because, like, the way she says it is that it very much sounds like this was news that was somehow spread across the animal kingdom or the, the area like they know that the fairy prince was found dead
0: like S- 30 minutes ago i guess
1: yeah well again <laughs> that's like that weird like time frame thing is that yeah. we see we see thumbelina she she seems to pass out in the boot and then when she wakes up she's in in mrs fieldmouse's house and then in the time she was unconscious It, like, it feels like somehow news is spread about Cornelius? Unless, again, it's like, okay. Because, again, you see Cornelius get frozen. The beetle finds him. Beetle takes him along the path where we see the boot that Thumbelina then comes along and is residing in. And then she passes out and Mrs. Filmos takes her. So it feels like, was it supposed to have been, like, way longer between those two, like, I-, I guess at least Cornelius being found, and then Mrs. Fieldmouse taking Thumbelina in? I don't know.
0: I feel like that's another thing that we can chalk up to this screenplay probably had to get, the script had to get written in, like, <laughs>
1: two weeks. Yeah. So, Shrug? Yeah. It's- you know, it, it's it's a shame because, like, this movie is pretty dang cute, even with all of these flaws. So oh, yeah. So it is kind of a shame that they didn't have more time to finesse the plot, because this one could probably have gone on to more acclaim than what it has.
0: Yeah. But... I mean, as it stands, we both we both have nostalgia and love for it, so it still mm-hmm. was successful in that, I think.
1: Yeah, you know, this, this film has a lot going for it. The story, again, is all over the place, but there are these elements within the story that are very sweet. Um, yeah. The animation is great. Like, we didn't oh, really yeah. talk about that, but Don Bluth knows how to animate. Like, there's yeah. definitely rotoscoping for sure but oh yeah
0: or at least very heavy reference
1: yeah but you know not everybody could do rotoscoping and make it look good so
0: yeah, I don't mind oh,
1: that yeah. the characters like their posing is kind of fun it's very exaggerated um, yeah. maybe at times too exaggerated but it, it just I don't know it adds to the fun bubbliness of this film yeah it's very very cute Mhm. And the voice cast is great. Oh uh, god, yeah. <laughs> we we a, we talked about people a, a bit here and there, but um Jodie Benson as Thumbelina, who of course she's best known for Ariel in Disney's Little Mermaid. Mhm. Um You have, even some of the bit characters, like, I mean, we talked about Mrs. Toad as Charo, Carol Channing's Mrs. Fieldmouse, Gilbert Godfrey as Mr. Beetle. You have people like June Foray is uh, the the fairy queen. Hell yeah, June Foray. Yeah. Um, And which is, it's kind of funny because uh, Kenneth Mars voices the fairy king and his voice might have sounded familiar to you, mm-hmm. Brie, because he also voiced King Triton in. That's West what East I little
0: thought. World. I was like, "Wait,
1: Ariel and Triton are both here." <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I I have to share with you this weird little thing that I saw in the IMDb, or uh, uh, er, in the in the cast list, and mm-hmm. apparently. Tony J Megabyte himself Judge Frollo voiced the cow on Thumbelina's farm <gasps> what? he I, oh my I went god. back to listen to it because I was like what the fuck but no go back and listen to it he has one line in the Thumbelina song oh my god and it's him that's I don't amazing know, I, where she's from or how she came to
0: be but, but happy was the day she came,
1: came. <laughs> the fact! Ah! i was i was
0: gobsmacked
1: <laughs> oh mr tony j i can't believe oh. they got they got tony j for this and they had him voice a cow with one line <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh i'm happy to hear tony J whenever
1: i am t- i am too but oh. I, I kind of feel like i almost feel like it's such a waste like get him in there have him voice every character for god's sake <laughs> get him he could have been the king but i guess
0: they wanted triton in there i don't know yeah but
1: oh They what if he fantastic. was mr beetle he wouldn't have had the. I guess he
0: could have the slime, but then it it needed that Gilbert Gottfried slime on him. I think. <laughs> Not to say that the the man is slimy, yeah. but he could definitely. No. He's got that Iago thing going on.
1: Yeah, the the his voice is definitely more of like scuzzy, um, like used car salesman almost. Yeah. Yeah. And and Tony J is like like he could also be a used car used car car he could also be a used car sales uh.
0: he could also be a used car salesman,
1: yes, thank you by <laughs> <My interpreter. laughs> um but he would be like you would think that he was on your side until the last like thirty minutes of the film and then he reveals that he was evil all along
0: yes, yeah, God. Rest in peace, Tony J. You're amazing.
1: Oh I know. Oh god damn it. At least he didn't didn't have to see that reboot reboot. Oh. I
0: still haven't watched it. I still can't. I still haven't brought myself to watch it yet.
1: I think about it from time to time. Just like just the curiosity is there, but I know that I'm gonna hate it, so I know that I need to trick somebody into watching it with me. <laughs> I need somebody to like be able to be to be like this this was shit, wasn't it? And have somebody be like, yes it was. I'm glad we have this shared experience of pain, so that <laughs> we know how to we have somebody who can relate to our feelings of yeah. utter disappointment. Yeah. <sighs> but what? is there anything more to say about Thumbelina, Bree?
0: I mean, there's a lot more to say about Thumbelina, but I think I think I've said the main the main things that i want to say yeah it's just like i have such a nostalgia i have such a a a deep childhood love for this film it, yeah warts and all it's just oh,
1: that's a good way to put it yeah what would you recommend this one for a bad princess movie night
0: yes I feel like if you watch this with love in your heart or if you haven't seen it before, it might be fun, like if you've never seen it, it would be great for a bad princess knight if you but even if you have seen it, if you watch it with love in your heart but also a critical eye, and you can laugh at all of the weird choices and strange story structure that they throw in,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think it'd be it, i think it'd be a lot of fun,
1: yeah. I I think I think so too because this cause not every movie that shows up at a bad princess movie night needs to be absolutely terrible. Yeah. I think this this is a fun one where yeah, like you can laugh at like the various like silly things in this film, but I think at the end of the night, what what matters most is being entertained and, yeah. and having the this fun experience. And I think this is absolutely a film that when you come out of this one. You feel happy. You feel good. Thumbelina and Cornelius are together. You have the beautiful ending where they fly off on the bumblebee yeah. into the night. It leaves you with a good feeling. Yeah. And I think at really like that's that's what I want most out of the people that come to my movie night is like I want them leaving my house thinking. That was a good time, I liked that <laughs>
0: that was a bad movie, but a good time.
1: yes, yes, exactly, yeah, so yeah, I think you know this what? is ideal for that mm-hmm' Cause i i and i and I hope that we've shown that again we we love this film
0: there's there's great glaring flaws. We didn't even get into the fact that this poor girl throughout the entire film keeps being like, please do, please let me do X. And everyone she encounters is like, no. And she's like, please, can I just, I just want to go home. Like, will someone listen to me? And no one will. So it's like, it's, it's got its problems, this film. But also, Mm. you know, in the end, it works out. In the end, it's a happy ending. Mm -hmm.
1: And, I don't know, I love it. Yeah. Same here. But I think that is going to be it for us for this one, guys. So, thank you for tuning in. If you have any suggestions or comments on uh, any of the films that we have profiled, feel free to email us at badprincessmovies at gmail.com. We also have the Twitter where we'll be posting clips from this and other Bad Princess movies. Yeah. You can find us there at Bad Princess M O V. And then we also have the catalogue of Bad Princess Movies, which you could find at badprincessmovies.com. Check those out. hmm And and if you haven't checked out Thumbelina, please do so. If you've never seen it before, I think we'd absolutely would love to hear Oh
0: yes. Oh my god, what please.
1: Yes, to, to 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 know what somebody thinks of this film without any nostalgia behind it. Very interested. So yeah. please feel free to watch and email us.
0: I I would love to hear the take of someone with no nostalgia goggles. Mm-hmm. Because ours are Absolutely. very thick.
1: <laughs> yes, very it, thick, very rose-tinted. Go, rose-tinted Coke bottle nostalgia yes. goggles. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah,
0: so the perspective from someone who has never seen it would be would be welcome
1: mm-hmm. absolutely even That's if
0: fun. you say actually this movie fucking sucks and you guys are wrong
1: <laughs> yeah, I in would which be case, very... yeah in which case i will find you and i will destroy you i'll stop her don't worry she she'll try She's. I mean, a as a sta- as established, you're two inches tall. Oh shit! <laughs> I can't stop her anymore. Ha ha! Oh no! I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna lock you in a little walnut shell bed, and you no. can't do shit. No. I, I I'll marry low. you off. I'll marry you off to the first animal I see.
0: Thank you for joining us guys thanks guys we'll see
1: you next time see you next time and until then marry the mole oh i was gonna say follow your heart but <laughs> 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 goodbye